Hey, this is Pastor Brian. I want to welcome you to the Reach Church Podcast. We hope this message helps you wherever you are in life and brings you closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy the message. If you would, turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to read this very popular story around Christmas time. And I'm not, I didn't even want to do a Christmas, you know, a Christmas themed um, message because I think it can, it can become so numb where you just kind of like, oh yeah, that's what, that's what we do in Christmas time. But I felt like God gave me a fresh revelation on something that I think is really valuable for all of our lives. I think that it can help all of us live out our lives for him in a better way. So Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read 26 through 38, and then I'm going to pray. We'll get started. All right, it says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, and this is the beautiful part of it, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, that in each, each and every one of us, God, that there is an assignment, God, for our lives. God, that you would overshadow us, that you would empower us, that, that God, that as we surrender and submit to you, God, that you would use us like Mary, Father. I thank you, God, for your anointing on this word, and I thank you for every life in here this morning, God. And I pray, God, for every heart, to accept their assignment from you. And God, that as they do, that you'd be made more famous today than you were yesterday. If you believe that, you can say amen. You know, as I was, I was thinking about this, I want you to understand that as, as you hear this word and as you hear these scriptures being read, what I want you to do is I want you to understand that when we hear the word Mary, I want you to put your name there. When, when you see the word Mary, when you, when you, hear what's happening, that we are all Marys, that God is looking on the earth. The Bible says that he searches the earth looking for people. And I believe that, that we have to understand that Mary, this story wasn't just about Mary. This story is about you and I. It's about us being willing to have our lives changed and rearranged for the plan of God in our lives. Like, how many of you all know that you've got, some of y'all got your five-year plan, you got your two-year plan, you got your six-month plan, you got your one-day plan, depending on person you are, right? Some of y'all don't have any plans. You're like, whatever happens, happens. But some of you all are so strategic that you've got a 10-year plan. How do you know a lot's changed in the last one year? It's hard to plan out, right? But some of us have become so committed to that plan that we don't allow God in it. And so the title of this is called, I Have a Better Idea. Now, I don't know if you've ever been, you know, you've got, an, you've got your boss, he tells you, or she tells you, hey, I need you to do these things. You get it all done, you submit it, 
back to them. And all of a sudden, after they look at it, they said, well, this is good, but I have a better idea. Or you've, you know, you've done all of this work, you've decorated the table, husbands, and your wife comes in, says, I have a better idea. Right? Like, your wife is just whatever you know, whatever you do, men, your wife is always going to have a better idea. Okay, that's just part of how it goes. And life is, the thing is, is that sometimes when we've gone through all of this work, it's real hard to accept somebody else's idea of something we've put the effort into. Right? Like, it's real hard when you've gone through all of the energy to get your life planned out. You've got all of these things. You've crossed your T's. You've dotted your I's. You've done all the things you need to do. It's real hard when you've done all of that to allow your your plans to be interrupted. This is exactly what happens with Mary. We know the end of the story, and we're going backwards, and we're like, Mary should be easily being willing to do that. Does she know? Do you know what she's supposed to do? I mean, she's carrying the Savior of the world. Who wouldn't do that? All of us wouldn't do that if we were in Mary's shoes, more than likely. And the reality is, is that it's very difficult to accept an assignment when you don't know what it looks like in the, in the future. Right? Are y'all going to talk to me this morning? Y'all are so quiet. Make me nervous again. <laughs> but you, you, here's the thing is what you've got to understand is that what we, we think that Mary is, is we don't put her in, in her, her humanity. We, we, we put her in what she's done, the fact that she's done it, but we don't put her in her humanity with the fact that she's engaged. She has her plan with Joseph, that handsome guy. She wants to live her life. She wants to have four kids. She wants to have a certain, you know, certain amount of vacations a, a year. She's got all of her life planned out. I mean, you think about how much work it goes into a woman and a husband, a man and a woman that are about to get married, how much energy and effort it goes into that. Imagine if you're getting married and all of a sudden the Lord comes in and says, hey, I've got a better idea. Let me rearrange your entire year. How many of us would say yes to that? The reality is, is most of us would say, no, I'm going to get married. And then once we've, you know, we've done our thing for a year, we'll get back to you. And that's what happens is a lot of times we, 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 wanna, we want God involved, but we don't want God involved. Because having God involved means he has to interrupt and change the plans that we have for our lives. So here's, here's the first thing that you have to understand is this. First point is, is to take away from this is this is that God's plan won't be the easiest, but it will be the most effective. You've got to understand that the God's plan is never going to be the easiest. Which is oftentimes why we miss the will of God. Side note. Because we oftentimes, well, it's not easy, so this must not be God. God's plan for our life, his will for our life, rarely comes through the lens or from the, the, the package of easy. It comes from effective. God is more concerned about his will being effective in your life and through your life than it is about being easy. That is theological. You can go around this and you can say, wow. Like, he called her, this is his introduction to Mary. Like, y'all think favor is getting a parking spot or getting, you know, third in line or getting a a check in the mail. Biblically, favor is real hard to find that way. Favor here is like, and you suffered for the Lord. Like, that's favor in the Bible. Congratulations, you you have favor with the Lord. You have suffered and persevered through suffering and persecution. Like, right, we, we have a skewed mentality of favor in our world and in our lives. That's called blessing. Blessing and favor are two different things. And so here we see that, that, 
that Mary, in verse, in verse uh, 28, it says this, Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. I mean, you got to think about when an angel comes and he says, favored woman, you're thinking you're about to hear some good news. Like, oh man, the Lord sent an angel to tell me how good I am. And favor looks very different in this passage than what we would consider favor, right? He calls her favored woman. The Lord is with you. See, we have been discussing love the last couple of weeks, right? God set this up. I didn't even know he was doing this. God set us up and he talks about love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, soul, all of that, right? Then love yourself and love your neighbor as yourself. Why, Why does he do this? Why is he doing this? He does this to set up Understand that Mary had it in this moment. She either was going to do it for love or obligation. And when it's not done through love, it often is done through obligation. Many of us serve God not out of love, but out of obligation. We will feel bad. We will feel certain ways. This is why God says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Because when I give an assignment to you, you'll do it out of love and not obligation. And many of us are trying to fulfill the will of God out of obligation instead of love. And the problem is, is when it comes to a pain point, you bow out. When it gets difficult, you're like, see you later. This is not what I signed up for. Right? See, See, God's will for her life came with great risk to her plan. It came with like, hey, I know you've got all of this stuff laid out. And I don't know about you, but every one of us probably have some desires this year to fulfill. But here's the thing. Is God, do you love God so much that he can change your plan? That he can change whether you pursue that career, whether you get into that relationship, whether you're willing to walk through forgiveness, whether you're willing to go through certain things because you desire his will over your own. In this moment, this is, I I think it's important Because as believers, I think we've done a really bad job of finding tension points in Scripture where we wrestle with it and where we see where they had to wrestle with it. We just be like, oh, yeah, Mary should have the baby. I mean, she should just do this. Really, that's easy for you to say. Talk to the women in here that are pregnant right now, and they'll tell you that's just not the easiest little thing. Right? Like, think about the reputation that was going to come upon her. That now she's going to be looked around as this woman who's getting around. And maybe she cheated on Joseph, or maybe she, wow, I can't believe you guys were supposed to wait. She was willing to take on a reputation. She was willing to put her life at risk for God's will for her life. And oftentimes, we will do certain things for God until it interrupts and it puts a risk factor on us. Until we have the opportunity to lose and not gain. That's the power of the story. This, the power of the story is not the fact that, I mean, it's a beautiful thing that Jesus that came through Mary, but the greater thing is the fact that she was willing to let go of her plans for God's. That's the beauty of this story, that you don't have to, have to understand it to be obedient to it. You don't have to fully understand God's plan for yourself to be obedient to it. She didn't, she's like in the middle of working through this thing, and she's like, oh, I mean, it didn't say, and we'll get back to you in three weeks. He came to her, the angel came to her, has this conversation with her, and by the end of it, verse 38, she's saying, I am your servant. Like, how many of us are like, well, Lord, I'm going to give you a year. I'm going to go process it for a year, and I'll get back with you. You've missed the opportunity to be obedient. You've missed it. 
And this is the beautiful thing is that you, you, you cannot try to understand all of what God is doing through your life to be obedient to it. You just got to say, you know what, Lord, this is what you're asking. I know you. I trust you. I'm willing to do it. And I know that is way easier to say up here, right? I know that. I get that. But what I'm wanting to encourage you to do is that when God does come to you, are you willing to wrestle with the tension points of being obedient or being disobedient? Because really, that's the thing. We don't really typically think about if I'm going to do God's will, then I'd be disobedient. Respect, oh, he'll find somebody else to do it. Right? See, Mary allowed God to redirect her entire life in order to be able to do what she was created to do. Like, think about it. When God formed Mary, he had an assignment for her in the beginning. And her assignment was to carry the Savior of the world. That was one of them. To steward. Think about this. Like, when you think about what she did... This wasn't, hey, like, you're just going to have to go through this, and this will be done after a year, and then you can just go on and move on with your life. This decision was a long life decision. Right? This thing was going to not just affect her today. It was going to affect her tomorrow. It was going to affect every, everything in the future was going to be changed because of this. Because of this, yes. What is possible? Here's the question that God gave me to write this sermon. What is possible if we let the Holy Spirit lead our lives. You think about that right now. What is possible if we let the Holy Spirit lead our lives? We're really good at trying to lead our lives. I, I, should, I shouldn't say we're really good at it. We're probably really terrible at it. But we like to be able to have control of our lives. Right? We see that in this moment, she is willing to give up what she thinks is good for what God is asking her to do. There's this, there's this moment where she says this. She says in verse 29, after she's called favored, she responds confused and disturbed. And I think this is what we, we as believers, the enemy uses, is that when God asks us to do something, that we should be like, yay! And we just jump right into it. Right? That's what we would, this is what the enemy, I can't believe you're even questioning it you don't love God Mary it says that Mary was confused and disturbed she's showing you how much she is wrestling with God's idea and her plan his plan and her plan like in this moment she is wrestling what I want you to understand is that it is okay to wrestle with having to walk out of one of your plans and one of your ideas to walk into God's I think that we get beat up by the enemy when he says, I can't believe you. You would then, and then, and then ultimately what ends up happening is we tend to go backwards and we end up not doing it because we get beat up by the enemy and it's like, well, I've already feel this way. I might as well just not do it. No, God would much rather you wrestle it. And so that way when you're in, you're in that when you're willing to go and commit to it, that you're committed to it. I mean, there would have been a problem after she said yes. And there's a baby in there about six months old. Hey, Mary, I mean, Mary, Mary goes to Gabriel, I don't really want to do this anymore. That's a problem. Right? You need to be fully committed. When God changes the plan and you're willing to go with it, you need to go through with it. That's called partial obedience. God's not into partial obedience. He wants full commitment. See, whatever God is asking from us typically has more to do with our future than it does our present. This thing had way more to do with your and my future than it did her present. 
And that's what happens is a lot of times we are so, we, we view from such a shallow perspective that it becomes all about me and I base my decision on how I feel instead of the fact that God would come to me and favor me with a, with a, with a God idea, with a God plan for my life. And maybe some of you are wrestling right now with certain things that God is wanting you to do. He's calling you into doing certain things. And you're like, wow, this is uncomfortable. This is going to put me at great risk. Right? We all want, we want reward, but we don't want risk. We want to be able to just be able to be predictable. We want whenever we ask the Lord, you know, God, use me. We want it to be under our terms. And the moment she said yes, she had to make an, she had to make an adjustment and be like, okay, i got to go have a conversation with Joseph. This is going to be real awkward. I mean, think about it. In the natural, how many of you women, are you, your husbands are going to believe you when you go to him and say, hey, so I'm pregnant, but don't, it's not what you think. That didn't change. I mean, thank God that the Holy Spirit showed up and dealt with Joseph. And that's the thing. Let me just give you a side note. I felt that right there in the moment. That so many of us, we think that we've got to bring answers to people. But understand, when you be obedient to God, God will show up and answer questions for them. And oftentimes, we won't, we won't move because it's about how other people are going to view us. How we're going to be perceived. Would you, be, would you rather be pleasing men or God? And these are those things where it's like, man, it's real easy to just be a people pleaser. You know, as, as you become more affluent, as you gain more influence, and as you become, you know, wiser, you begin to draw people. And in that moment, it's like, it's really easy to be like, oh, this is my, this is my smarts instead of it being about God. In this moment, Mary is having this pressure. But in verse 28, we see this is how he answers it. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. And I was thinking about favored woman. Like, how, how does he go to her and call her a favored woman? And I was, thinking about, I was thinking about this, and as I was basically taking all of this text, and, and then it goes on and it says this, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. And here's my second point, is this, as I was looking through this, I was realizing that what is favor? Favor is when God believes in you. That's what favor is. Favor is when God says, look, I know you don't believe in you, but I believe in you, so I'm going to put something on you to call you into doing something significant for me. That it is my yes on you. You don't maybe believe in you, but I believe in you, and I'm going to put favor on you. And in doing that, it's going to be a great, amazing, powerful opportunity to be able to step into what God is calling you to. That really favor is God believing in you. When's the last time that you believed in you? The fact that God shows up and believes in Mary beyond what she would even believe in herself. Like, how can this happen? She found favor with the Lord, the Bible says. How did she find favor with the Lord? There's a scripture in, in 1 Peter 3.12, 3, and it says this. I was reading this the other day, and it says that the Lord kind of just grabbed my heart whenever I was thinking about Mary and I was thinking about this text and it says this, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. 
that God right now is searching the earth for people who are willing to do right, that are willing to do the will of God. And in that, he says, they're willing to go for me. They're willing to go for me. They're willing to go for me. I'm going to put favor on them. It's going to look like risk. It's going to look like it's going to be something completely different. But I'm going to put favor on because I believe in them. And I want you to know that if you've prayed for favor, not the favor that we're used to here, like give me the spot up at the front at Walmart or Target or at the mall or at that place, like not that kind of favor, favor that says God believes in me. I don't know about you, but I want that kind of favor. I want the kind of favor that says, God, I want to do whatever your will is, and God says, I believe in you, so I'm going to mark you with favor. That she found favor. Favor is realizing that God sees you and is for you. That God sees you. Think about that. That he had to see her to consider her. That he, he, he watched over the earth and said, she's a woman who does right. She's not perfect. And let me just think, oftentimes we, we, we move ourselves out of the line for whatever it is that God wants to do because of our imperfections. We oftentimes move ourselves out of the way because we aren't perfect. Not realizing that Mary wasn't perfect, but she desired to do whatever it was for the Lord. You don't have to be perfect to do the will of God. You, willing, you really just have to be willing to go and be able to willing to do it. See, confused and disturbed, she says. It says she was confused and disturbed. Confused and disturbed is a reality when we're in the process of accepting God's plan for our lives. Right? You, you re- realize that that, that is a, a crucial factor in us in the process. When we're in the process of doing these things, it's like, Okay, God, I'm weighing these things. I'm measuring these things. I'm trying to figure out. I'm confused. But more than I'm confused, I'm very disturbed as to how this is going to go down. And other verbiage could be I'm fearful. I'm so concerned about how I'm going to lose something to be able to do this. Imagine, again, imagine the reputation that she had to take on. It's not like God went to all these people in her city and said, hey, she's doing something for the Lord. Like in this moment, she had to believe what God told her was the most important thing, and that had to matter more than anybody anybody else's voice. And let me just say, if you're going to do the will of God, his voice has to matter over anybody else's voice in your life. Because there will be plenty of people who will say, you know what, that's just ridiculous, that shouldn't be, that's not the will of God, that can't be God. There are going to be plenty of opportunities to sidestep the will of God for our lives. But favor can appear like loss through your eyes, right, until you see God's plan. Until you see it coming to flourishing, you're going to always view it from loss. In this moment, she has to view, wow, I'm going to lose the opportunity to be able to be intimate with my husband. I mean, this is a nine-month deal, ten-month deal. The Bible says that they did not know each other until Jesus was born. I mean, there's a big plan interruption for all you married folks, if you know what I'm talking about. Right? Like, to live out this life and to live out this purpose for her, this is a loss for her in a lot of ways. And this is the thing. I want you to understand that the greatest danger to your purpose is looking at it from your perspective. The the greatest danger to you walking out the will of God and the plan of God for your life is to look at it from your perspective. 
Right now, perspective, what do I mean? I mean like right now, I can't see to the street right now. I am limited by things that are obstructing it. Right? I, I can't see even to the street, which is just a few hundred yards away. It's there, but I can't see it. Now, if you take me in a plane and you bring me at 30,000 feet and you put me over Centerton, I can see Centerton, I can see Bentonville, I can see Springdale probably, I can see up into Missouri. From that elevation, I can see a whole different plan. And so many times we limit God because of what we see in the natural, because of our natural perspective instead of saying, okay, God, I want to be able to see from yours. And oftentimes we never go to God when God asks us to do something. We never go to him and get his perspective. Because if God could peel back your eyes and show you what your future looks like, every one of you would say yes to God what he's asking you right now. Every one of you, if God could peel back your eyes and he could show you what your future looks like if you say yes, 100% of you would say yes. The reality is, is that we live not by sight, but by faith. And so here you have to have the perspective of heaven is more important. Heaven knows what he's, called to do, what he's calling me to do. So in my yes, that's the most important thing. In this, it is not me. I have to wait and say, God, I trust your perspective for my life. How many of you, you really trust God's perspective for your life? You trust where God is wanting to take you. In this moment, Mary had to trust that what God was asking of her was better than what she wanted for her life. I have a better idea. But he really did have a better idea. How many of you met those people that had a better idea, but they didn't? Right? Actually, that's a terrible idea. Like, I can't even believe you even came up with that. Right? This is different. God really does have a better idea, even though it doesn't look like it in the natural even though it doesn't look like it's going to play out real well. But here's the thing, in verse 38, that as, as I was walking through this, it says this, Mary responded, I, so he, she goes from verses 29 and 28, confused, she's favored, 29, I'm confused and disturbed, to 34, but how can this happen? I think that's a question for a lot of us. That's where a lot of us get, we get, put on pause right there how's this going to happen and and we will not move until we can know how this is going to happen and let me just say you will never see what can happen until you're willing to trust what God asks you to do most of us are we are like no I'm not moving until I know what the next step is the Bible says that he illuminates the right those that are righteous he, he he illuminates the steps one step at a time he doesn't illuminate the whole staircase He illuminates each step, that as you move forward, he illuminates it. And that's all you need to know, is that God will light up the next step in the next direction for your life. I think sometimes we don't really worry about this until it's like, well, I'm out of college. And I want to ask all of you young people right now, what is God doing with your life? What does he want to do through your life right now? What is he illuminating? What passions is he doing? What things is he provoking and putting passion in you to do? He's like, well, I'll figure that out after I get out of college. No, wrong time. Right now, God could be burning and birthing something on the inside of you if you're willing to say yes to his direction for your life. It shouldn't be that you fall into it right now. God knows you. He created you. He destined you. And he has something for you right now. How can this happen? I'm a virgin. I'm, when, I, when I look at that, I think about all of our limitations. 
Because, right, we all have limitations, and we love to bring those up to God as if he doesn't know. She's like, um, can you let the Lord know that I'm a virgin? That's going to be a problem. Many of you, can you, know that, uh, can you let the Lord know that I'm fearful to be in front of people? Can you, can you let the Lord know that I'm fearful of being broke again? Can you, can you go to the Lord and let him know that I've become emo- I was emotionally unstable at one point and that's going to really throw me back? Like we all have those I'm a virgin issues. Did that stop God from asking her to do it? You can bring all of your I am lack in whatever before the Lord, but that doesn't hinder God's assignment for your life. In fact, I believe that's one of the reasons God uses you is because of your limitations, so that in your weakness, he's made strong. But see, we, we, we want to be able to be able to do what God's called us to do with our gifts and our talents, and we're already anointed to do it. No, in pretty much all these cases, God anointed them in their yes. Not before that. That God is moving us into this position of saying, willing to say yes, Even when we're saying, how is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. I'm limited. I don't have those capabilities. I don't have those abilities. I mean, have you seen my family? Have you seen? We have a a list of things that we would bring to the Lord and say, there's no way possible. And God is not fearful of your lack. Of whatever you, you may consider this isn't enough, God says, no, I've got you. In verse 38, it says this, for nothing is, I mean, verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. So let me ask you that. Is that a reality? Is that true? Because it is one thing to read it on the pages. It is another thing for it to be in our heart and say, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible through God. Anything that God wants to do through your life, if you will say yes, if you will give him the green light, nothing is impossible. So then in verse In verse 38, this is Mary. Mary responded, so we're going to land the plane. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And I was thinking about that earlier. If if favor is God believing in me, obedience is me believing in God. That in this moment, there comes this, this point where favor exposes God's belief in me, and then it gets thrown to me, and then it's in this moment that obedience, when I say yes, when I am obedient to God, it's me believing in God. And oftentimes, we, we don't have any problem with God believing in us, but oftentimes we question based on circumstances, past and present, whether God is able, and we limit our ability to be obedient because we don't know if God's going to come through. But how many you know, how are you ever going to know if God's going to come through if you won't be obedient? If you won't allow yourself to show that you believe in God. In this moment, your yes will always be a no to something else that's necessary. That, that there's going to be things that you say no to, that in order to say yes, you're going to have to say no to a certain thing. In this moment, she had to say no to her present situation. And to be honest with you, this is very difficult, to say no to something else that you really desire and want. This is the beauty of the Christmas story, that she was willing to put her life on pause for the plan and the will of God for her life. 
because she believed in this moment. It took, we'll say, 12 verses to convince her, God, I'm your servant. That whatever thing you, whatever you say, God, let it come to pass. My question for us is what would it take for God to get his yes from you? Because when I was looking back and reevaluating my life on many situations and many circumstances, the moments that I was not obedient to God was the 100% of the time was me not thinking God would come through. When God asks me to pray for somebody and it's about healing, I'm afraid God's not going to do it. Whenever I'm, when I'm out ministering to somebody in the grocery store or I'm going to give somebody doing whatever, it's in that moment I'm wondering, God, are you really going to come through? My obedience is oftentimes directly connected to my lack of belief in God. Anytime that I have been obedient, it's been, well, it doesn't matter whatever comes out of this, is that my yes is yes, and I know that God asks me to do it, so I'm willing to do it. I mean, this is a challenging story to think about God being willing to interrupt and say, hey, I have a better idea. I know you've worked really hard on all of these things. You've gotten all your, you know, all your stuff put together. But I have a better idea for your life. And I believe that God is doing that right now, that he is interrupting our lives and saying, hey, I've got a better plan. I've got a better idea for you. I want you to stay here. I want you to go there. I want you to do this. I want you to say that. Hey, you know what? I know you've been... Every time you see that person, you get unforgiveness in your heart. I think it's time. you got to move over into obedience and knowing that God, it's not about what they say. It's about me doing what God's calling me to do. Here's one thing I've learned as, as I've walked through this and, and even with Mary's story is this, is that God's will rarely comes with convenience. He doesn't wait till you don't have anything to do and nothing planned to ask you to do something. It's oftentimes when you've got a lot to do and a lot planned that he asks you to do something. That it rarely comes with convenience. But one thing I've noticed is that oftentimes, anytime it comes in inconvenience, it comes with a gift. That oftentimes when I am inconvenienced for God's plan, on the other side of God's plan is a gift. And I don't think it's an accident that when Jesus came to the earth that we talk about him being a gift to the world. That on the other side of her inconvenience was this gift that she would be able to offer the entire world. You know, I think that that's the beauty of on the other side of inconvenience is that God wraps your inconvenience with a gift and he says, thank you for being obedient. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for believing in me. You know, how many of you know Christmas season, you're not waiting to be able to, you're not like I'm making a list, these people will get me gifts, so I'm going to get them a gift. If you do, that's terrible. Like there are people that you genuinely love and you just want to show your appreciation to them and give them a gift and let them know that you love them. Right? Like, 
I think that that's the beauty of Christmas is that it's not like, well, I'm going to give based on what I get. I'm going to give because I want to be able to be a blessing. I want to let them know that I love them. And I know that because so many of you love me, there are two or three trees that I have put out here that I expect wonderful gifts from because you love us. I'm kidding. But right, like that's the reality. How many of you would not want a gift that you're giving, that it's been given out of obligation? I mean, you'd take it, but... <laughs> But it really loses its power when it's not from the heart, when it's this gift given because they value you. That's the beauty of God giving us this gift. Here's the thing that I think is kind of scary, is this is some of you could be walking in favor and you're trying to find a way out of it. That right now you are literally in favor right now and you were trying to get out of it because it doesn't look like you thought it should look. That God is trying to favor your life. He's trying to show you that he is for you and you were trying to get out of it because it doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. Like you were doing everything you can to try to come up with a way to get out of this plan that God has for your life. And he's saying, no, I have favor. I believe that you were capable of doing this. I believe that you were the one I've chosen you for such a time as this to do this. Some of you are trying to run from favor. You're trying to get out of something that God is trying to get you into to show you that he's for you. See, favor easily could have been rejected because of the desire of what she wanted over what God wanted. My challenge for all of us is to make sure that we don't push away God's plan for our lives because of what we have already had planned. That we're willing to say, you know what, God, I think you're in this. I think this is your will. You're trying to move me out of one thing into another thing. This is your plan. And knowing and confidently knowing that, God, your plan is better than mine. Like we all say that on the backside of something, right? God's plan is better than my plan. But in it, the point is, is do you believe that? Because you will rarely find yourself on the other side of saying, oh, God's faithful. If you won't in this moment fall in love with him and be convinced of his will over your own. And the reason why I really wanted to talk about this, and I feel maybe why the Lord put this on my heart, is we're going into a new year. And I don't know, there's just something about that as you, as you go into a new year, I mean, let's be honest, the last few years we've needed a new year. Okay? Like, there's just been times where it's like, yep, I want to start over. And there's just something about January. I can just clear the slate. I can start over. And here's the deal, is that when January 1st hits, there's a plan that God has for your life. And right now, you've got four weeks, three and a half weeks, to begin to prepare your heart to say yes to something that God has planned for you next year. It may hit 1st of January. It may not hit till March or April. And it may not hit till December. But the question is, is will you be ready when he comes and he asks you to do it? Like right now, what can you do right now to begin to position yourself so that when God says, hey, favored one, that you don't run from it, that you embrace it and you say, thank God that you consider me worthy to fulfill your calling.